Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 44. Know thyself. What do you know about you? Hi, Dan Miller here, author of 48 Days to the Work You Love. You're listening to my good friend Brian Holmes on an important program, Strategic Living. Pay attention. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. This is the Strategic Living Podcast. My name is Brian Holmes, and as always, a real joy to have you with us along for the ride. Well, this program is all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies. Shoot, man, I think we can change some nations. We want to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. We want to see you become all that God has created you to be. going to be a fantastic program today, and I trust you're ready to engage. Let's get started, everybody. Always a joy to have you with us. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. If this is your first time to find us here on Strategic Living, welcome to you. I trust that you will find something of great value, not only in this specific episode, but shoot, man, go in there and download a number of the other episodes. I know you'll find something that will add value to your life, challenge you to become more, to achieve more, and to engage more of what life has to offer you. And uh, just so grateful that you're here, whether you're a first-timer or an all-the-timer. Welcome to the program today. Well, before we dive into the content Just a quick appeal to you. If you find this program of value, I would want to encourage you to go into iTunes and subscribe to the podcast, or if you listen via Stitcher or uh, any other type of RSS feed, whatever it is you use to download and partake of this content, subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss any episodes. You'll be notified when you get uh, new episodes there. It'll be a great way for you to keep in contact with what is coming down the pipeline from brianholmes.com. Also in iTunes, rate the podcast. Leave us a review. Be honest. Be full of integrity there. But these types of things really help us to gain more visibility so that more people can hear about what we're doing here on the Strategic Living Podcast. All of that can be done at www.brianholmes.com forward slash, guess what, iTunes. We'd appreciate that so very much. And uh, it's going to be an awesome program today. One of the most important aspects of living strategically, which is what we're about here, and living successfully is having a real understanding of who you are and what God has given you a grace to accomplish. It is so imperative that you know who you are. I find that so many people gravitate to a lane or a task or a rut that life has somehow dictated to them. So many people wind up, it seems like, living their life to measure up to the expectations of others. Maybe maybe they're even performing, you know, that performance orientation thing. Maybe they're performing 
for someone who's not even watching because at some point in their life, they decided they needed to do something or achieve something to gain someone's approval or someone's confidence. I also have met a lot of people over the years that live their lives in a state of being locked up. They're just locked in a place that was never really intended for them. Their beliefs, their grid, the the experiences they've gone through, the traumas maybe they've experienced, those things have, have created for them a framework and a reality that is far less than what God desires for them. Well, I have a few questions as we begin today. Are you living authentically? Are you really living as the real you? Or are you posing or are you pretending in order to achieve acceptance or relevance in someone else's eyes or in someone else's frame? Are you, like so many others I'm meeting these days, are you ready to locate, like on a GPS, are you ready to locate your true self? That man or that woman that God knows you to be, that person who has the capacity and the potential to become so much more than they already are. If you're that person, this episode's really for you. And I believe today that what we're going to share is going to be of great benefit to you. I'm talking about know thyself. Well, I want to dive right in here with a couple of scriptural principles. You say, is this a Christian program? Well, I'm not sure. i tell you what it is. It's definitely a, a program based in biblical principles and values because I believe God's Word is full, full of heaven's principles, things that actually do govern our lives. And if we will abide by these things, I believe we'll be the better for it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this, Casting down imaginations or images and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against what God knows to be true about you and bringing every thought into captivity. If there's a thought that's not in alignment with God's plan for your life, you've got to incarcerate that thought. Another great verse that we talk about often here on the program is Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks within himself, so is he. As a man thinks within himself, so is he. You see, here's the piece. As your thoughts go, so go your beliefs. As your beliefs go, so go your behaviors. As your behaviors go, so goes your life. So at the baseline of all of this, many times is what we call stinking thinking, erroneous information, lies, things that have been perpetrated against us by the enemy of our soul to keep us locked into a state of that limits our ability to perform on a God kind of level. Well, today we're going to challenge that with everything we have. 
I'm talking about know thyself. What do you know about you? What do you know about you? Well, as we are looking at these passages here, some interesting things come to mind. You know, the word thought here, by taking every thought captive, is the word legismos. I know, right? Big word. That's the Greek word for the word thought that we see so often in the New Testament, logismos, logic. It translates as thought once, as imagination one time. And what it really means is a reckoning or a computation. It's like a calculation. I've arrived at this end belief as a result of this logismos, this thought process. It's a reasoning. It's, it's a means to an end. It's, it's a way that we've arrived at a present state of mind. It can be translated also as a decision or as a conscious motivation or a judgment. So as you read verses of Scripture, for example, it's important that you understand what's really behind that. You know, a word is not just a word. In fact, many times the English language does not do justice to some of the principles and concepts that we find in the Bible. However, let's just kind of jump off of this cliff right here. What you think is what you produce. I'm going to say that again. What you think is what you produce. And we know that we are bombarded every day by dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of thoughts, independent, autonomous thoughts, buzzing through our head, as it were. And if we are not in control of our thinking, our thinking then produces choices, behaviors, decisions, and ultimately it will be the product of our life. So how we compute our self-concept, our self-esteem, our self-worth, these computations have direct implications on how we perform in life, how we perform in relationships, how we perform in business, how we perform in leadership functions or roles. Because here's the truth. I cannot produce something that I don't believe in. I want you to think about that. I cannot create out of my essence, as a creative being, I cannot create out of my essence something that I legitimately do not believe exists, or if I believe something opposite of it. To try to present oneself as something when you don't really believe that something is to live a very pretentious life. It is a mask. It is a facade, and it doesn't produce authentic, lasting, sustainable results in our life. So I cannot produce anything if I am not fully vested in the belief of that thing. So when I don't believe in myself, that I will behave and act in accordance with that belief, and I will not produce results that although I'm capable of them, because I don't believe that I am capable of them, I will not perform. How does all this work? I don't want to get real crazy with you today, but I do want to go through a couple of neighborhoods here to lay some foundations for you. The process of thought transference works kind of like this, keeping in mind lots of thoughts coming at us all the time. So something 
transmits its ideas towards us, whether it's a circumstance, an event in our lives, uh, a word that is spoken to us, something we hear on the radio. There, there are sounds, there are images that we are taking in by our senses all the time. And those things transmit ideas. So these words that we hear or the images that we see transmits a thought or an idea. These come in seed form to us. Once a thought is conceived in my heart or in my soul, that thought conceived becomes an idea. That idea, once it is conceived, becomes an ideology or a baseline of belief. An ideology, just so you'll kind of know what I'm thinking along that line, is a closely organized system of beliefs, values, and ideas that form a basis of social, economic, political, philosophical ideas or programs, really. It's a set of beliefs. It's a set of values. It's a set of, not just one, it's a set of ideas and opinions that ultimately shape the way you or I address things, how we think, how we act, how we understand the world. So just going back here, words that we hear introduce thoughts. Thoughts conceived become ideas. Ideas conceived become ideologies. We've explained what those are. Once we entertain and sort of foster and give space to these ideologies, over time, as those are conceived, they become beliefs. Now, these beliefs are very important because they are the basis from which we live our lives. They are the underpinning of how we behave. But it goes even a step further than that because beliefs go to another level as well. Beliefs, once they are fostered long enough and held long enough and they are conceived into their next generation, they become what we call convictions. I'm not talking about being convicted of a crime. A conviction is a belief firmly held and defended. It is something that you believe so strongly you would give your very life for it, whether physically or emotionally. It's something that you will defend, even if it's, now keep in mind, even if it's not truth, if it's what you believe, once it's held long enough and it's developed a deep enough root system in your life, it becomes a conviction. Now, a conviction conceived and held and nurtured long enough becomes a philosophy a worldview. A philosophy, by definition, is a branch of knowledge or study or ideas devoted to systematic examination of basic concepts such as truth, existence, reality, causality, and freedom. These, it's a system of thought or a doc, it becomes a doctrine. It becomes a guiding philosophy about how you view and respond to everything in life. So it begins as thoughts. From thoughts, it goes to what? It goes to ideas. Ideas move into ideologies. These are the precursors to beliefs. Ideologies conceived become beliefs. Beliefs 
conceive become convictions. Convictions conceived become our philosophical foundation. One more step, actually two, maybe three. Philosophies conceived become our lifestyle. We go on behaving and acting and making our choices and our habits based on our philosophies. Lifestyles, as they are walked out and lived out, determine the destiny, determine the results, determine the outcomes of our very life. Will I accomplish what God designed me to do? Will I achieve the amazing goals and dreams and plans that he has for my life? Will I make the impact that I was designed to make on mankind? Will I create wealth for my family, for my heirs? Will I impact a nation? Will I lead a people? Will I foster and grow and lead a movement? What am I capable of juxtaposition to what the actual outcome is? You see, our destinies are determined by our habits and lifestyles. Habits and lifestyles are the outcropping of philosophies, how how we think about life. Philosophies come out of our convictions, our beliefs that we hold very firmly, that we'll defend whether right or wrong, we defend them. Those convictions come from our beliefs, those beliefs from our ideologies. Our ideologies come from our ideas, and our ideas come from the thousands of thoughts that are constantly vying for position in our mind. Why? It's because we are thinking beings. We are created to utilize the power and the magnitude of this beautiful mind that God created us with, and that is the battlefield That is where it's all at. What you know about you begins with a simple thought. A simple thought. Our mindsets, our attitudes, our beliefs, our convictions, all these, by the way, are almost always determined by someone else's ideas, keeping in mind where they are in their life is a result of that same process having been played out in their own world. And then they come and want to impose their ideas or their thoughts or their beliefs on you. We begin to adopt those. And rather than having pure minds, we become amalgamated with and assimilated with people who are broken and hurting, and we just follow after the pack. You see, the key to living effectively as a leader, and this program is about developing and calling out leaders. To be a leader, one must be out in front. One must be willing to break rank with the status quo. One must be willing to challenge the thinking that has brought an entire mass of people to a certain point in their journey. The only place we can really tap into to assure that we're thinking right is to get our minds renewed by what God knows to be true. What do you know about you? But more importantly, what does God know about you? You see, when your philosophy, your beliefs, your thoughts, your convictions, when those are grounded in the way you were created to think, When your thoughts are his thoughts and his thoughts are your thoughts, Isaiah says this, for my thoughts are above your thoughts and my ways above your ways. 
My greatest aspiration in life is to make sure that my mind is renewed and I'm thinking how he thinks about me. I want to know what he knows about me. When I get into that position, I will naturally and very easily rule over my environment. I will fulfill my life's purpose. I will impact nations. I will do precisely and exactly what I'm capable of doing, and I will do it with great excellence and with great effectiveness. Ladies and gentlemen, your mind matters. What you know to be true, whether it's true or not, but what you presently know to be true literally controls how you manage the life around you. You see, when you and I truly understand what it means to be made in the likeness, the image and the likeness of the creator of the universe, when I come into that awareness, I will possess a different kind of attitude. When life throws me a curveball, I won't crater and I won't fall apart. I will divert to and default to what I know to be true about me, and that is that I am made in his image and his likeness, and I will persist, I will move through, and I will overcome. You see, I have to possess attitudes and beliefs about myself that will release me to realize my true leadership potential. So I want to give you four areas that I believe are imperative. If one is going to pursue this idea of know thyself, really getting a grasp and, if necessary, battling with and uh, grappling with old limiting beliefs, old limiting lies, things that are counterintuitive and counterproductive to my my movement forward in my journey toward greatness. There are four areas that I've got to deal with, and here's what they are. Number one, my self-concept or self-image. Number two, my self-worth. Number three, my self-esteem. And number four, my self-awareness. These are not the same. They are distinct and they are separate. My self-concept or self-image, my self-worth, my self-esteem, and my self-awareness. And you say, Brian, you are sounding so humanistic and so wacko. Uh, What's this got to do with the Bible? Well, I'm about to show you, and I'm so glad that you asked, because all of these things are biblical principles. So let's begin about the self-concept and self-image. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that we are made in His image, Now listen, if you're made in someone's image and the image that you have grown into is not conducive with or compatible with that original image, then the contradiction between one image and the other creates a problem. But when you see yourself in his image, his reflection, when you see your life, your value, your concept of who you are, And that reflection you're looking at is not really you. It's him because it's him in you and you in him. This is the picture of how you're supposed to see yourself. I want you to note this in Genesis chapter 1. The first thing that God gave man was not dominion. That came after he gave him his image and his likeness. That came after mankind was born out of God's very nature. 
Can I tell you something? You cannot exercise dominion in the earth and realm if you have a poor self-image. If you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you don't possess the power to dominate and to rule and to govern on the, the behalf of the creator of the universe. It was God's self-image and his self-concept from which you and I were actually conceived and created. That is crazy powerful. So if I don't know who I am, then I cannot relate to others or to my world on the basis of truth. Rather, I relate to my world from a distorted, perverted perspective. Because anytime I'm operating outside of the image that I was created in, I am actually operating, catch this, on a false image. And the Bible talks much about false images. What's a false image? Any image that is not what God sees about you. Man's first gift from God was his very image. The foundation of strategic living, the foundation of personal development, the foundation of becoming the leader that God has designed you to be, the foundation is a sound and a godly self-image. Well, let's go to the next one, self-worth. How is that different? Well, self-image is how you see yourself. Self-worth is the value you place on yourself. Now, I know that I'm going to rub some uh, people the wrong way today because I am challenging this idea that we're supposed to act like we're nobody and we're no good and outside of blah, 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 and this and that. I I get all that. Self-deprecation is not the same as humility. But your self-worth is very important to your ability to perform on the level God designed you to perform at. You have to know your value. In fact, I believe leaders, real leaders in community, real leaders in social change, real leaders in religion, real leaders in the marketplace, real leaders in the home, they value others only to the degree that they value themselves. If you show me a person who does not value themselves, and I will show you a person that treats other people horribly and does not uh, portray value on others. The majority of people do not have a godlike self-worth. They don't, they don't ascribe value to who they are, what they offer, what they can do, what they carry, the grace, the anointing, the calling. They don't consider themselves of value or worth. In fact, So much of the way we think today, including our children, our value of ourselves is oftentimes based on what we perceive to be others' worth or value of us. This is a problem. Again, many people spend their entire lives trying to live up to other people's evaluation of them, whether it's good or bad. This is a real problem. You see, if somebody expects little of me, I have to prove them right. (laughs) 
But if somebody expects much of me, I'll have to prove them right. My thing is, what do you expect of yourself? You must expect of yourself uh, the value or the worth of what God has called you to be and do. You cannot give significance until you have it for yourself. Such as I have, give I thee. You say, where is that in Scripture? All right, I'm going to show you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Here's one for you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Let's go to another one. Matthew 22, 36 to 40 says this. This is a biggie. This is a principle within a principle. Watch this. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's what we were quoting a moment ago. Verse 38, this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. Uh-oh. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What? On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. First one is love the Lord your God with everything in your fiber. Number two, the second one, love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is a leadership statement. I cannot express love, provide life, add value to anyone unless I love myself and I perceive that I have worth and value. I can only love my neighbor or the person to whom I'm assigned or my coworker or my wife or my child to the degree that I actually love myself. You say, Brian, that's wild. That's weird. No, it's biblical. You say, well, what's the difference in loving yourself and being egotistical and arrogant and prideful? Well, there is a difference. I have, look, I have to love me before I can love you. It's an intrapersonal relationship. The relationship I have internally, that is a, a healthy intrapersonal relationship is a prerequisite for effective and meaningful interpersonal relationships. You see, your attitude toward me is a reflection of your attitude toward yourself. When I see people who treat people really bad, when I see people who are constantly projecting anger and vile statements and words and harshness towards others, I can promise you in the heart and mind of that person, they despise themselves. They, they really hate themselves, but they're projecting it onto somebody else. How can I lead others effectively if I presently possess a poor an ungodly self-concept or self-worth or self-esteem. The first commandment here has to do with discovering and loving him, that's God, and his nature, so that I can fall in love with, and yes, I know it sounds strange, I can fall in love with the value and the worth and the beauty that he sees in me. Well, here's the statement for you. If I despise myself and I say that I love God, I'm lying. 1 John 4.20 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For one, for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's a principle. I can't 
tell God how much I love him and in the same breath be completely annihilating my own worth and value and hating on myself. Impossible. So self-concept and self-image, self-worth, a couple of more. Self-esteem is the third one. So self-worth asks, how much value do I believe I have? What's my value? What's my worth? Self-esteem asks, what does this mean to my environment? Self-esteem is essentially the self-estimation of your value to the world around you. My value to people that I come in contact with. The fourth one is self-awareness, which gets to our topic, really. In old Greek mythology and and in different places throughout history, we see this phrase, know thyself used. It's been attributed to Plato and Socrates and different ones. Know thyself. Know thyself. Well, you can't really know yourself until you know God, and knowing God really has little to do with religion. Knowing God has to do with being introduced to him in relationship to being introduced and aware of your true self. Who are you? Because I can't really relate to God properly if I have a misconception of my own abilities, my own awareness, my own worth. Only your source, that is God, can give you an understanding of who you are because you're of him. You possess his nature, his DNA. When a person really gets to know his creator, he finally comes to know himself. And then once he knows himself, leadership, his true leadership potential can be born, can emerge. Self-awareness. I'm amazed, especially in the Christian faith, how many leaders encourage Christians to self-deprecate, to belittle themselves, to make light of what they have to offer this world. Yet God himself placed us here in time and space so that he, through us, might offer the world salvation. Oh, I can't save anybody. But I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am Christ in the earth, the hope of glory. And you are too. And the entire world is waiting for the sons of God to awaken, to to be engaged, to begin to come to the forefront and lead a movement, lead people to a brighter future, to a full revelation of who they are in him. The world's waiting on those kinds of solutions. But you got to know yourself. How do you see yourself? What value do you place on yourself? What is your self-esteem? Do you esteem yourself as highly as you esteem somebody else? What is your self-estimation? of your value to the world around you. And then when it comes to self-awareness, let me explain to you in very simple terms what I mean by this. Are you aware of your significance? Are you aware that you carry the answer that someone in this world is waiting for? Are you aware that God valued you so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross for you, but not just so that you would be saved. 
He wanted to bring you back into a redemptive place so that you could be released to engage a world with the gift of God. That is you. You're the gift of God in the earth. Are you aware that you possess tremendous value? Are you aware? We must examine our thoughts. We must challenge all of our beliefs. We must certainly be aware and be dissecting and looking at our underlying philosophies of life. And if they are not serving us, we must deal with them. We must lay down our convictions, those that have held us back, and we must be renewed in the spirit of our mind so that we might lead with purpose, lead with effectiveness. I want to leave you with a few questions today to ponder, to think about, to pray about. What do you know about you? Do you see yourself? Do you really see yourself in the same light that God sees you? Do you ascribe an accurate value to your worth? And are you really aware of your significance and the weightiness? of what you have to offer this world. My encouragement to you today is know thyself. Take time to explore these four areas. Ask the Lord to reveal to you, to really shine light on, to bring revelation to your mind and your heart as it relates to your value, your worth, your esteem, all of these areas. You are great. Maybe you haven't recognized that yet. You are significant. And maybe someone else told you you weren't. But by God's grace, I want to speak into your life today and say, you are everything God has said you are. You have the capacity and the potential to become all that he has said you can be. You are loved. You are worthy. In fact, he has already qualified you and said you are to be the recipient of prosperity and blessing and wealth and happiness and joy and fulfillment. That's who you are. And anyone and everyone who comes into contact with you, I believe they will experience someone who knows who they are and knows how to relate to others from the basis who God has made them to be. Well, if you'd like to comment on this episode, please go to brianholmes.com forward slash 044. Just scroll down to the show notes for this episode, and we would so love to hear from you, your comments, your questions, or whatever it might be. What an amazing thought, speaking of thoughts, that you can make a massive difference in this world. You are exactly who God says you are. Well, a couple of very quick announcements here that I'd like to share with you. Next Wednesday, that is June the 11th, Wednesday, June the 11th at 7 p.m., I'm going to be hosting a teleseminar called Change Your Mind, Change Your World. 
and we're going to tap into a much deeper perspective of what we've talked about here today. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. You can go to brianholmes.com forward slash teleseminar, and all the information and the connections are right there. You can dial in by phone, or you can actually listen right there on your smart device, or you can, of course, sign in on the web. And we would love to have you be a part of that and to engage with us in this great conversation about changing your mind, changing your world. I've been teasing you a bit about a Dallas-Fort Worth area mastermind group, and I am getting very close to uh, releasing a formal announcement and opening up a qualification process for that. So I want to encourage you to be watching our website at brianholmes.com in the coming days and weeks, and we'll be sending out an e-blast regarding that. I want to remind you, of course, to sign up for our Weekly updates, we send out one email a week on average, sometimes two, but very seldom is it more than one. Just keeping you in the loop on our Monday Mastery videos, on our podcast, on any blog post or any announcements we might be sending out, we'd love for you to make that level of contact and commitment uh, with us and be engaged in our community as we all move toward this wonderful place. If you'd like to have us come and speak at your event or conference, you can go to brianholmes.com forward slash speaking and find out more about that. I would love to serve you, your organization, in any way that we could in becoming all that God's really, really designed you to be. Well, I trust that something that we've shared today has really challenged you on a very deep level. I trust that as we've talked about these four areas, you've really begun to consider some areas in your own heart, your own mind, where you must challenge the status quo and really go after some limiting beliefs. I really want to see you transformed in your mind and heart, activated to fulfill your unique purpose and destiny. That's why we're here that's why we are putting this content out there week to week. Hey, share this with your friends, your associates on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, wherever it is you hang out. We would so appreciate that. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you next week.